Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Multi-Site Masters podcast. This is the podcast series that explores the art of leading and growing multi-site businesses, especially in the hospitality and retail sectors. So my name is Lee Sheldon and I'll be your host for today's episode. I'm also co-founder of the MMU Training and Development Consultancy, in which we're dedicated to helping managers achieve consistent operational excellence, leading to sustained superior performance. This latest episode of the Multisite Masters explores some different territory for us as we get into the topic of food sustainability. We'll look to explain what it is, what are some of the key trends that are taking place both in the US, North America and also Europe, understanding what the key benefits are to taking action and hopefully providing some inspiration and some ideas as to what you could really do to make a difference. So everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Multi-Site Masters. And today, yeah, we're going internationally again, flying kind of over to the uh, South Carolina and to Professor Robin DiPietro, who is a professor at the University of South Carolina. Now, I know the weather's probably better there than it is here. So hello, Robin. Welcome to the Multi-Site Masters. Hello. Thank you so much, Lee, for uh, having me on. And yes, the weather is definitely nice here. It's it's a beautiful sunny day and a great day to be out golfing or just enjoying the weather. Yeah, it's pouring rain here, so we'll move swiftly on before I get very, very jealous. Now, as I mentioned in my intro, today's topic is something we've not spoken about before on the Multisite Masters. And in a sense, people might go, well, what's this got to do with multi-site management, um, sustainability and food service? And I think one of the questions we want to try and answer today is this isn't just about people who are multi-site managers. Many people who listen to this podcast run small restaurant businesses, food businesses. So it is, if you like, the owner operator who may be multi-site operator too, but it's about how they can uh, take on board some of the trends that are coming their way. Your research, I know, is both US and international based, so it's not purely about North America, it's also about what's going on in the world. So before we get into the topic in a bit more detail, Robin, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Uh, I am a um, professor here at the University of South Carolina teaching restaurant management, but I also um, do research. I'm the director of the International Institute for food service research and education. And so um, in my role here at the university, I work with uh, different countries and large and small restaurant groups uh, to do restaurant or to do research that will help them uh, in terms of operations, human resource trends, uh, looking at things to come. And I, I agree with you, Lee, that that when I was uh, my in my life before, I was working with Burger King for 20 years. And I didn't really think about sustainability, uh, using local foods, uh, trying to save the environment in my role as uh, a multi-unit operator. Um, and then when I came to South Carolina, there were so many independent restaurants um, that I said, you know, we need to look at both independent restaurants as well as multi-unit restaurants to see how the restaurant industry can help uh, with sustainability, um, a corporate social responsibility. And um, one summer I was visiting back in Nebraska and looked at a local chain. And this local chain was about 50 restaurants. And they actually had advertisements in the restaurants that they were using local tomatoes and locally grown tomatoes. And I thought, well, I don't know if this is really appropriate for a large chain company. And then I realized after doing some research 
that not only is it appropriate, but that consumers actually want uh, restaurants to do things that are helpful for the environment. And that's how I really started about uh, seven or eight years ago doing research in sustainability um, and what restaurants can do, both large chains as well as um, small owner-operator uh, restaurants. And I guess your, you mentioned your background in operations for Burger King. Of course, I know your background is also, from a research point of view, working with Professor Chris Muller, who's been a, a contributor to the, the Multisite Masters podcast too, that your expertise in the topic of multi-site leadership in the restaurant business, you're also a pretty um, a pretty strong candidate for uh, Mr. Muller's uh, replacement, I think, as the leading expert in the US on the topic. I hope so. <laughs> uh, Chris Muller and I have worked together for years um, on this topic. I've known him for about 15 years, and and so he and I collaborate quite a bit. And um, yes, I, I definitely would say that I'm an expert or or one of the experts in uh, multi-unit management. And this topic of sustainability is just one of the um, segments of multi-unit restaurants that I look at. Fantastic, Chris. If you're listening, she's after your job. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on then. So talk to us about the topic today of food uh, sustainability. It may seem simple words, but what does it really mean? Uh, what do we need to be aware of as we go into the context of this conversation? Okay. Um, sustainability basically is, in a broad sense, the avoidance of the depletion of natural resources in order to maintain an ecological balance, which is kind of a mouthful, but what basically sustainability uh, in our context and, and kind of um, in the restaurant industry uh, looks at two broad um, areas. One is the environmental sustainability, which is just having restaurants adopt processes that enable them to reduce their environmental impact or their negative environmental impact and um, to reduce really the footprint that restaurants leave uh, on the environment, whether it, it is pollution, um, not having uh, as much uh, negative air uh, go out through um, hood systems or ventilation systems, uh, whether it's not disposing of waste in a way that's environmentally um, negative. And then the food sustainability aspect um, really means that there's a, a system or a collaborative network uh, for food production that enhances an environment or a community's environment ecological, social, and economic values. So in terms of food sustainability, it's really more about looking at how you acquire the food products you sell. Mm. Um, is that local or are they traveling long distance to get to your restaurant? So, so really it's about two aspects, I think. And one is how your restaurant impacts the environment around you. And the other one is about how you acquire and produce your food. Um, in order to be a sustainable and not produce as much harm as you can. And would you say that the, the second point about the food sustainability, has that become more prominent in recent years? Because I, I certainly we know that the, the wider environmental concerns, the green lobby, the green practices have become mm -hmm. much more prevalent over the last five to 10 years, certainly in the UK. But is the food sustainability piece, is that new or has that always been there, do you think? Well, I think um, there's different components to it, but I think the, the prevalence of focusing on food sustainability has been new within the last five, five to seven years, a really an emphasis on it. Now, we've all, you know, gone to farmers markets and, and purchased, you know, 
especially I, I can think in Europe, um, a lot of our food has been acquired from directly from the land, small farms. And um, so I think a restaurant's emphasis on that, or actually I should say the consumer's emphasis on going back to that uh, has been a more recent, um, more recent phenomenon. So in my grandmother's time uh, back in Italy, she would grow the things that she would eat, uh, especially when it came to, to produce. And then when she moved to the US, there were grocery stores that she could go to to buy that. And so I think a lot of us um, have heard of, you know, growing your own garden and, and having produce. But in terms of, of using those fruits and vegetables and, and produce from locally produced farms um, in the restaurant setting or in the restaurant environment, that really has become more prevalent in, in the last decade. I see. And it's interesting you make that comment about it's the consumer leading this. So it's, it's often the way, isn't it? The restaurant business is reacting, uh, perhaps too slowly, but it is now reacting to what the consumers, particularly I think younger consumers, are concerned about in relation to their the provenance of their food. Yes, exactly. And, and that's, you know, if you think about it, the restaurant industry can get mass produced um, products or ship, you know, internationally shipped in products for a little bit a slightly lower cost. And so restaurants have always been focused on food costs and maintaining these low food costs. And, and so in looking at locally produced food, especially if it's going to cost slightly more uh, money, that's always been a, an issue. But the consumer is really saying, look, I, I want more local, I want more authentic. Um, and the, the restaurant industry is finally starting to uh, adapt these practices and it's really just been in the last five years that you see sustainability issues um, being labeled as a trend by a restaurant association or uh, in my case in the National Restaurant Association here in the US but it's also happening globally where uh, consumers are putting pressures on restaurants and restaurants are finding ways to adapt and and that's kind of a neat um, trend the the um, local gardens uh, outside of restaurants, the hyper-local where restaurants are um, growing their own um, in terms of spices um, and uh, seasonings. They're growing their own um, on top of rooftops. And, and um, so it's kind of a neat, I think a neat trend going kind of back to the way things used to be. And where do you, is that how you see the sort of corporate social responsibility? Because I tend to see CSR talked about in a much more um, for the multinationals and much larger companies. But it, do you think that the small restaurant who's growing their own herbs, uh, et cetera, or maybe some vegetables, some produce, do you see them seeing it as CSR? Uh, I think corporate social responsibility is um, I think it's kind of a large buzzword that that we've used over many years for what a business needs to do to give back to the community and make sure that they're showing themselves in a positive light. And, and I think oftentimes the, the, maybe the small owner operators um, didn't have a way to give back as much as the large uh, multinational companies did. And I see um, this move towards using food sustainability as a way to um, incorporate more uh, positive influence on the community that they do business with. And, and I think that that's something that the local customers or consumers will see as a positive move because it is, I mean, it really is de delivering uh, positive social and environmental benefits 
uh, for the community within which the restaurant um, exists. Now, okay, can I play devil's advocate a little bit here? Because you talked about the, the, the benefits that taking on uh, policies that uh, help you to improve your food sustainability can have. But mm -hmm. if I'm a hard-bitten restaurateur and I think, yeah, I can see the benefits to the planet, but you know what? It's just my little bunch of restaurants, my little company. What difference can I make? Why should I care beyond the, yeah, the moral social piece? Sure. That's a good question. So if you, you know, obviously uh, the moral and social piece is a huge uh, component, but even outside that, um, I think a restaurant can um, improve or change their image um, by doing things like this. For example, uh, your restaurant may serve uh, Italian food, but by using more local ingredients and maybe more authentic um, food products, they can improve their image to being a more authentic location. Um, so I think image-wise, it's definitely a, a positive for an organization because, of course, we know that that image directly influences uh, satisfaction, consumer repeat intentions. Uh, that's been shown in uh, research that uh, your image and your reputation and your brand all influence those repeat intentions, positive word of mouth, and especially with electronic word of mouth right now. So even outside the moral implications, I think it does a lot for your image. Um, the other thing is, you know, if a restaurant, even if they're not interested in, in the moral implications, um, these are concepts that are definitely a trend in the last decade in current society. And uh, millennials, as well as Generation Z, which is the generation right following right behind them, have a real emphasis and a real focus on um, doing things that are positive for the environment. Um, they see more than anyone, I think, they see the changes that have occurred even in just their young life lifetimes with, with polar ice caps melting and global warming and, and um, things like that occurring. So it is a trend right now. And so I think even if you don't believe in morally you need to do it, uh, following trends will definitely help uh, put you in a positive light. Um, also, there's relationships. It's been shown in research. There are relationships between your personal practices at home and what people are looking for in their restaurants. And this is a, a, a really powerful one when it comes to uh, sustainability because uh, recycling and uh, taking care of the environment have been not only implemented in communities, but in many communities, these things are mandatory to do. Um, and so if you have positive personal practices um, with regards to sustain sustainability, those are things that you're going to look for when you go out to spend your discretionary income at restaurants. The other reason, I mean, kind of, a, a, again, if you're even if you're not paying attention to the customers and, and um, society around you, these practices can help you save money depending on what the practices are. Uh, if you're a restaurant operator that decides that you're going to recycle or decides you're going to buy locally, you could um, save money on transportation costs uh, for these local foods. You could save money with recycling and being able to, many, um, many communities actually pay money um, to, if you return your recyclables, for example, glass and plastics. Um, so depending on what the practices are, 
you can save money. If you put, if you build your restaurant using lead certification or some components of lead certification, you can save money on your electric bill, your utilities. Um, so even if you're just thinking about um, yourself and how to save money, that would be another reason uh, to use sustainability practices. The other thing is local foods can actually highlight your local area. And so using a sustainability practice such as using local foods, using local spices, using local hot sauce, um, you can actually highlight that local area and emphasize authenticity of your restaurant. Um, and, and again, the research has shown that consumers are willing to pay to find restaurants and to purchase products that are local, that are sustainable practices. Um, and so I've done quite a bit of research over the last eight years on the fact that consumers are willing to pay extra or, or a premium for these practices. So, so really, I, I, there's many reasons to implement these practices, even if you're, if you're a one-unit operator or if you're a 10,000-unit uh, fast food chain, lots of positive things with regard to sustainability efforts. Yeah, I think even the most um, hard-nosed uh, entrepreneur, restaurateur, would I think has got some ideas there about why they should care. Um, it was interesting that point around the personal uh, practices that you have and what people mm -hmm. are looking for in their restaurants. And if Generation Z, as you talk about, is very focused on doing the mm -hmm. right thing when it comes to recycling, uh, limiting food waste, etc., um, we've seen organizations in the UK handing out food waste to homeless etc that's, mm -hmm. that's been, uh, become much more prevalent as I think that the problem of homelessness around the world seems to have got worse um, more organizations are doing it but not just because they can publicize it uh, though rightly that's fair enough that they do sure. but equally they know it's the right thing to do and I think their employees as well as their uh, customers who are clearly the same people in many respects um, are demanding it of them yes exactly and like one of the, the big trends uh, globally uh, just in the last year or two has been the move from uh, beef to plant-based beef products, the, the Impossible Burger, uh, for example. And people are looking at ethical sourcing of, of the products that they have, not only because of the fact that they're healthier for you, um, but also because to have a, a beef patty or a steak um, takes a lot out of the environment to produce even just one head of cattle. So, so there are other reasons um, in terms of looking at sustainability to be able to, uh, in or other reasons to implement that uh, in your restaurants because of people are this this millennial generation and also the Generation Z is really looking at um, plant-based products, going vegan, uh, vegetarian. And those are all um, issues that can be wrapped up in the sustainability as well and at being a positive source of, um, not just positive source of, of uh, marketing, but also just doing the right thing and following the, the consumers that are going to continue to come into the restaurants. Yeah. Okay. I think now even that hard bitten person has now been won over. So Captain Cynical <laughs> has, has left the building. So... <laughs> Help me, Robin. If I'm, I, I now get what you're saying. I get it's, there's there's value uh, at a social level. There's value for my 
team, for my people, for my customers, the value for my business as well. What do I do? Mm-hmm. What, what trends are you seeing uh, in food and beverage? Uh, give me some ideas about things I might do other than, well, I recycle and uh, I make sure we don't mm-hmm. throw too much food away, which is kind of the, the, the uh, bulk reaction that people might have, the instant reaction. What else is going on out there? Sure. Well, currently the, the big push is um, using more um, products from your local area. So using, for example, uh, house-made condiments and, and showing that you can do that with uh, goods and, and products that are from around your local area. So um, also street, street food-inspired dishes. Uh, for example, uh, if you have a food cart or a restaurant um, and you can use street food inspired dishes um, such as uh, Mexican tacos or um, using street food from your local area will also encourage use of more local food products, um, ethnic inspired uh, food items as well. Also, there's a big push now for sustainable seafood, um, not overfishing uh, the, the globe's uh, oceans and using a more sustainable seafood um, product that Um, then will help us uh, to maintain the waters and the healthy oceans that we have. Um, Authentic ethnic cuisines. There's being a lot done now in restaurants with regard to food using local products and also using the area's um, authentic dishes to try and inspire people uh, to then go home and also make some of the same items. Um, You see that a lot with even, even beverage trends um, a lot of people are using locally produced and smaller batches, wine, beer, and spirits, so that you can, number one, integrate flavors from your community, but also so that you can support the local environment. So some of these these trends are not just to uh, be able to allow you to transport things in a more cost-efficient way, but they're also used to help small businesses in the local community to stay alive and to thrive, actually. Um, So we've seen a lot of places uh, implement um, craft beers, uh, craft uh, spirits as well. And so not only are you buying things more locally so that you don't have to transport them uh, across the ocean or across the country, um, but you're also seeing um, small businesses thrive. So a small restaurant could actually help uh, a small craft beer manufacturer by partnering and offering those products. Uh, you're also seeing regional um, signature cocktails, again, for some of the same reasons. Um, people are traveling and they're they're going into locations and they're wanting to find um, local foods that are helping the, the local environment and also the local small businesses. Um, so you're seeing a lot more of that. And then concept-wise, uh, in terms of restaurant uh, restaurants developing their own concepts, um, hyper local has become really big. Um, again, with those small gardens or rooftop gardens providing part of the menu items uh, for the restaurants. Natural is that what, is that what oh. hyper local means, Robin? Sorry, just want to make clear that, that terminology. Hyper local does that mean? Yes, uh, good point. Hyper local means that you're actually you're not only getting products uh, locally, which and it depends on your definition of local, but for the most part, local is defined as uh, within 400 miles of your central location. But hyper-local is actually producing things within your own grounds, uh, within your own property, within your own grounds, or within I your see. own block. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
restaurants now. Uh, there are some uh, restaurants in um, big cities like New York and LA who actually grow their own herbs and, and uh, spices up on the rooftops and some of their um, products that they use. I know of a brewery here in South Carolina that has a garden right outside, which is where they get their basil uh, for their watermelon basil beer. And so hyperlocal is just not just within this 400 mile radius, but more within your own backyard um, producing those products. So, and, oh, and another trend um, is actually, uh, people are becoming more cognizant of things that are called clean menus or clean menu items, which means that those products have all been grown organically, um, natural ingredients. You, you've heard of Chipotle's, uh, which of course advertises their, has been advertising for 15 years, um, their um, local products or organic, more organic products than even local. But those menu items are really finding a place in restaurants today. Um, things like reducing your food waste, uh, like you talked about with restaurants giving away their, their uh, products to homeless and things like that, but just reducing your food waste by designing menu items that can use products once they've expired in their current form. So for example, if you have chicken one day, you can make chicken soup or chicken stock the next day, um, and that will reduce your food waste. Mm. Uh, locally sourced meats and seafoods, and then farm to table uh, businesses. Those are, are very prevalent right now it, where they grow and raise the, the products for their food. And then they have either events or a restaurant to, to uh, be able to use those. So those are some of the big trends with regard to sustainability. Uh, one of the things that I came across with one of my clients uh, a short while ago, and I, I don't know, maybe it's in the US or very similar, I'm sure there is, it's called Too Good To Go. Have you heard of this this service? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Okay, so you basically, it's um, a movement from both a consumer and a restaurant perspective that you sign up and the retailer, the restaurateur signs up to it as well. And they will let you know at you know, a point in the day, we've got these items, which from a waste perspective that would be thrown away uh, at this time. And you huh. get those alerts. And the whole idea is you know, they talk about becoming the world's largest community of waste warriors. And uh, <laughs> the whole point is you, you are saving money because because you get an offer, you get the ability to get that product at a cheaper price, you're saving money, but you're also helping because you're reducing the problem of food waste. They say, I think that um, food waste is responsible for about 8% of the global greenhouse gas emissions, which wow. is bad news. So if we can reduce food being wasted and rotting away, etc., cetera, uh, and it saves you money, um, that for me is a great concept. I've only heard about it in a couple of people using it in terms of clients of mine that I've worked with from an MMU perspective. But do you have anything similar in the U.S.? Uh, we do, actually. I, I know of a couple of restaurants um, that actually, uh, they, they don't necessarily send out blasts when they have food products that are ready to be wasted, but they do have um, restaurants where you can donate uh, a portion of your um, product cost to actually feeding uh, homeless people so that by the end of the day, whatever's left over, they would take to homeless people and you just donate like a dollar or two dollars to be able to allow that to happen. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a, a neat, I, I think we're becoming, as a society, we're becoming more aware of the fact that we need to 
take steps as a society because government may not. Um, and so instead of leaving it up to government and government policies, I think small restaurants, large restaurants, and the community itself, the consumers, are realizing that we need to do things um, because it's not going to, government policies won't happen fast enough to eliminate um, future waste and future problems. It sounds as if the local food, the importance of the hyperlocal, as you say, growing your own food as much as you can on, on, on mm -hmm. the property, that's becoming um, more prevalent. Um, certainly, we're seeing that here in the UK, too. Um, there was a comment in the research that you sent me that was a term that uh, we all know the phrase whitewashing, but greenwashing. And it seemed to be that this is a practice of kind of spinning or overstating what you're actually doing uh, to the, to, if you like to get the benefit from the consumer of thinking, oh, this company is doing X, Y, Z, when actually they're not really doing as much of that as we see. And certainly in the US, you've mentioned Chipotle, uh, Chipotle, Panera Bread. Are there other brands that you think are leading the way in this uh, in this fight that can certainly are not be accused of greenwashing because they really are taking this seriously? I think actually a lot of um, restaurants right now are being careful because the prevalence of greenwashing, um, which was really just overemphasizing what you're really doing, was was very prevalent about eight years ago when when these these types of movements really came about. And so I think there's a lot of responsible organizations. For example, uh, Starbucks is one that I can think of as a large uh, global brand that that really has done a lot. Um, in terms of partnering with their coffee growers, providing uh, education for their coffee growers, and and really being um, the first mover with regards to eliminating straws and things like that. Um, so there are a lot of good global companies that are now taking a sharper focus on let's tout what we do, but let's not uh, overstate it because hmm. you know, and even some of these organizations. Um, there's in retail space, uh, Tom's Shoes uh, actually is, is also a very positive uh, sustainability company because um, for every pair of shoes that you purchase, they provide uh, shoes for um, another person who could not afford them. So there are companies who are uh, selectively discussing um, their sustainability practices, and I think they should. So um, I, I think it's kind of putting um the the limits on these other organizations the ones that that were doing a lot of greenwashing so i i find that to be a positive trend that that organizations are stepping up they're doing the right thing they're talking about doing the right thing and they're actually limiting these greenwashing practices because people are asking now consumers are much more educated and they're asking show me show me the money show me the practices um, so that I know this is really uh, occurring. So um, I, I've seen organizations like, even like Subway now um, is uh, talking a little bit more about the quality of products they use, um, even with such a large chain. So yeah, Starbucks I think is a, a leader in that, Chipotle's is a leader in Panera, um, definitely. But even, even McDonald's is starting to uh, talk about the quality of products they use and trying to get consumers interested Burger King just rolled out the Impossible Whopper um, recently with that plant-based burger. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies are doing what they can to limit this greenwashing that was occurring at the beginning of this kind of movement or trend. 
Are you seeing, again, US-UK perspective, we're seeing here um, a real, has been for a long time, but a focus on food packaging in relation to use of plastic, but also the information that people are getting about the foods, the nutritional information, and the desire to show calorie information, etc., mm-hmm. is, I think, having an impact on portion sizes. Um, so people, you know, certainly luxury foods are still out there and still very prevalent, of course, but perhaps mm-hmm. because people are more aware of how many calories are in these or fat content or whatever it may be, sugar, the, the portion sizes are going down. Is that is that happening in the U.S.? Thank goodness. Yes. Uh, <laughs> finally. Now, now I'll say that not all restaurants uh, uh, tune to that um, uh, uh, desire, but yeah. yes, some of the many of the restaurants now are uh, I would say getting closer to appropriate portion sizes and and that's a well um, uh, I think anyways it's a well needed um, trend and uh, so it makes me happy that yes maybe at some point we'll actually start getting back to the portion sizes that our grandparents ate uh, <laughs> to be because well, you know we're not out there on the farm raising raising our own food uh, mm. most of us and so we don't um, need to eat as many calories as once maybe we did uh, with the agrarian society. So yes, I see that trend and I hope it continues. It's it's still not anything, you know, in the, the top 10 trends uh, list yet, but I hope within the next year or two, we really start seeing things get back to a, a normal size. Would you say that's driven largely because uh, the portion size reduction is driven because of the food, um, the health nutrition piece, the calorie piece or the food sustainability piece? Um, I would say that it's probably a combination between uh, the health and nutrition and people are kind of focusing on it. But also when you bring in these local products, um, depending on where you get them from, they could be slightly higher in price and slightly higher in quality. So consumers are saying, look, if we can get this local food and it's a little bit smaller in portion size, we're happy to pay the price for it. I also think that, or I hope that restaurants are saying, look, we can do something that's higher quality, comes from here and not grown in a a greenhouse 5,000 miles away. And we have much more flavor and the consumers are willing to have smaller, more appropriate portion sizes. So I think the restaurants will see that that they're not spending much more money to get that that better flavor. I mean, if you've ever tasted a, a and I grow tomatoes in my backyard in the summer, if you've ever tasted a tomato right out of your backyard compared to what you can get for the most part in the grocery store, mm-hmm. it's tremendously um, more flavorful. So, so I, I think it would be a combination of consumers pressure to say, hey, look, we want more local um, and restaurants uh, ability to control their costs um, and and so it's kind of a win-win I think on both sides yes although if a cheesecake factory ever reduced the size of their cheesecakes I'll be upset but um, yes cheesecake aside <laughs> yeah cheesecake factory aside and anyone listening from cheesecake factory we love them okay so let's just kind of bring this to a, a point to Think about the future and what kind of future trends do you think we're going to be seeing? If you were to predict the future over the next three to five years, what do you think is going to be happening? I think um, one of the the big trends will be um, to definitely utilize more of the local community's uh, help and assistance in um, promoting more uh, word of mouth with regard to these uh, sustainable practices. Um, And also, I think we are going to continue to see 
this um, declining portion size in a positive way. I don't mean like you're not going to get value for your money. I think that we're going to see restaurants continue to try and partner with the local community on uh, locally produced foods and also these locally produced craft beverages. I, I don't think anytime soon will we see the end of uh, local local craft beers, local wine, local um, this, uh, local um, drinks. But I do think that we're going to start seeing um, people realize that you're going to pay a little bit more for local, but you're going to get authentic food that was grown or raised within 400, you know, zero to 400 miles within that restaurant. And so with the younger generations coming up that are more educated, more motivated by the impacts of global warming and environmental issues, you're going to see them put more pressure on the restaurants because they know that politics and government can only do so much. Yeah. They're going to want to get back to the roots of that local environment to say, look, let's do something positive to, to start mitigating the effects of global warming. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's where we're going to see more and more pressure on restaurants to become not just local foods or sustainable food practices, but also just sustainable environmental practices as well. Um, because the consumer, of course, can control the restaurants much, e much more easily than they can control the government or the policies. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go to their retail operations, their restaurants, their hotels and say, look, what are you doing um, to help in this battle with global warming and environmental problems? Yeah, we, we have a phrase here, people vote with their feet. And um, if yeah. Yeah, that, as you say, they're going to choose those brands, those restaurants, those locations that they think are mirroring their values. You mentioned the uh, several times the the Generation Z and being more aware, etc. Mm -hmm. You also spoke about the impact, perhaps, of education and people uh, more educated degrees, whatever, uh, maybe more interested. So, if education and the demographics is an issue. Are there any other factors that are uh, impacting on people's desire for more control, more sense of what's going on from the food, what both the provenance of the food as well as um, the impact of the wider restaurant on energy as waste, etc.? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's an important point that a lot of research has shown over the last decade that, uh, number one, yes, the more educated the person is, the more they know about global warming, the more they know about the environment, um, and also uh, the research showed that income level really doesn't matter uh, when it comes to wanting environmental uh, sustainability issues. That uh, whether you're making a low level of income or a high level of income, you're still concerned about those practices. But what's interesting to me is that our studies have shown, now there may be uh, future studies that contradict this, but females are more apt to say something and do something with regard to sustainable issues in, in restaurants than males are. And I don't know if that uh, has to do with, with just the luck of the draw of these studies, but it's been shown time and time again that the females are more apt to act. Now, that could be also because females have been shown um, to be more uh, emotive when it comes to their decision-making. And so maybe they're thinking of things uh, in a little more emotional way. Um, but I think that's an interesting phenomenon that restaurants can play off of when marketing as well is market those um, uh, sustainability efforts towards the females 
Um, and I think that you'll have luck drawing in both groups, uh, both groups of people. And, and that's, I, I don't know um, why that is, but it, it's been shown time and time again. And also if restaurant owners or restaurant managers are more concerned about the environment and, and the sustainability efforts, they can then also encourage their employees to have that um, feeling as well and, and to em embrace those values. So, so I think in terms of marketing, I think that restaurants need to really look at what is it that they're trying to uh, give the consumer and try to find ways and inroads to make that happen for them with regard to the sustainability efforts. Okay, Robin, this has been a fascinating conversation. And one of the things I just want to finish on is a point I was thinking about if I'm a multi-unit manager, area manager, etc. Um, I, I may really be interested in this topic, and but what can I do? I might be thinking. And I suppose the first thought that came to my mind, and I'd be interested to see if the, anything you would add to this, is that actually it might be about just gathering some information for, for your mm -hmm. people in new, in new product development, marketing, purchasing, the owners, etc. about the kind mm -hmm. of things your customers are asking for. Um, yes. What, not just you know, get research on what they like and what they don't like in terms of your menu offer, but if, we, if there's one dish we could have that we don't have, what would it be? If there's a practice that matters to you, rank them, which one would it be? Um, you know, would you like the ability to be able to, to would you like to know uh, that we grow our own food? Would you like to mm -hmm. be, better see that? You know, what, what is it that the consumer, as we're saying, this, this can be consumer led more perhaps than government or politics is only do so much. Uh, mm -hmm. To really uh, be a way of gathering some of that information from your teams and from your customers. Uh, and that's something I thought a multi-unit manager could kind of take ownership and do. So anything else do you think from their perspective that they can realistically do? I think that would, I think what you suggest would be a great idea is, is gather uh, ideas from consumers, managers, employees, conduct some focus groups, um, but also there are organizations online. You can find uh, Green Restaurant Association is one um, organization that I can think of um, that has, the Green Restaurant Association um, has certification levels um, for restaurants. Now, I don't, I don't, think that certification is necessary. It's just one of the things that, that could be looked at is what do they assess uh, with regard to green restaurant practices? And they have uh, on the Green Restaurant Association website, they'll have lots of opportunities um, to look for practices that can be implemented. You can also look at LEED certification um, to maybe not rebuild your restaurant, but to also just look at what some of the practices are that they require in lead certification. But, but bottom line, it, it really is gonna be a grassroots effort. Um, I also think that communicating with um, community leaders, um, whether it's at the local community or the state um, agencies, you know, communicating with them and find out what tax incentives there might be for restaurants who implement some of these practices. So, so I would agree with you, start uh, at the grassroots level with your employees, your managers, your um, owners, and then move up from there to see what can be implemented for what what cost. And, and there are a lot of free uh, things that can be done to um, achieve more sustainability. Thank you, Robin. It's been fascinating. Now, you sent me over um, some information on a presentation that you've done, a version of that. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's okay, what we'll do is we'll put a PDF of that available in uh, with a link in the show notes for today. 
so sure. people can get a bit more detail about the topics that we've been discussing today. And uh, I'll also, uh, if you don't mind, put your uh, contact detail, your LinkedIn profile, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to drop you any questions, having listened to the presentation today, they can do so. Any final thoughts for us before we, we wrap up today's podcast? Well, I'd say uh, just stay local, eat local, and then when you travel, see what the local community has to offer there and and just uh, make sure that you um, you know always shut off the light when you leave the room. So. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Stay <laughs> local and eat local. Thank you, uh, Robin, for your time today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Multisite Masters. Speak to you all again soon. So I hope you've enjoyed a, a different episode uh, from the Multisite Masters today, focusing on, I think, a, a fundamentally important critical topic. Recently, I spoke to someone who said, when I mentioned that we were conducting and recording this particular episode, they kind of had the, why should I care? Or, what should I do about it kind of mentality? Um, to be fair, I hope that the why should I care issue has really been ticked in terms of that box and we do have a passion for wanting to make a difference. But I also hope that this episode from Robin's Insights has given us some really good ideas as to what you could actually do to improve food sustainability and also the general environmental impact of your operation, whether that be food waste or uh, general waste, etc. Uh, hopefully we are inspired to take action and I love Robin's rallying call at the end there. Stay local and eat local. Thank you to Robin, as ever. Thank you to our producer, uh, Sam Walsh. Uh, if you get a chance, I would really welcome and be grateful if you could leave a review or comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however you access this podcast. Until next time, take care and speak to you all soon.